Hi, beer friends. Welcome back to Brews with Broads. I'm your host, Hannah Kime. To quote uh, my hero, the Target Lady, I am so freaking excited to continue our Pride Month celebration with this week's guest, Shannon Willis. Shannon is the taproom manager at the Drowned Lands Brewery in Warwick, New York. We have been what some would call uh, Instagram friends for a while, and after meeting in real life at the brewery about a month ago, I was dying to talk to them for the pod. As you'll hear, Shannon has an incredibly warm and generous spirit that extends to their staff at the brewery as well as their guests. Their passion for education and taking care of their bartenders is so incredibly inspiring. But what inspired me most was Shannon's humility and like almost enthusiasm for admitting when they don't know something. Frankly, it sounds like they are the type of manager that everyone should strive to be. Despite multiple interruptions from my cat and my absolutely embarrassingly not beer clean glass, I'll post pictures, it's really horrible, it was a pure joy to talk to Shannon, and I think you'll feel that joy when you listen. Cheers. I noticed I always say, all right, every single time. I cut it out, but every time I say, before I welcome the guest, I always say, all right, okay. <laughs> so, Shannon Willis, welcome to Bruise with Frauds. Thank you. I'm so excited well, to be here. I'm really excited to have you. Um, how are you? I'm wonderful. Yeah. Worked all day. I just actually took like six pallets off of a truck from craft distributors and then put like six on. So, and I was like, I really hope I'm like not sweating. Not that anyone can see me. It's true. Real, you, I mean, so. you don't, you just look don't great. That I look sweaty. <laughs> I'm probably maybe sweatier than you are based on my, uh, loca- my lack of AC located above a golden crust. Not sure if you're familiar with that, uh, it's like a Jamaican patty, like chain, whatever. I live above one, and so it's literally dripping in sweat already. Anyway, that's gross. You look great. This is a visual medium, so none of you listeners get to see. But what what have you? What are we drinking? Let's crack it, and then you're going to tell me all about what you're drinking. Okay, you know what? I have like four options. <laughs> so for I, the listeners oh, at home, I was so stressed when I reached out to Shannon. Like the first thing they said was like, "Oh my god, I don't know what I'm gonna, what beer I'm gonna bring," <laughs> which I thought was so funny. But okay, so yeah, it, it was top of my list stressors. I was like, "Okay, I I love this podcast, and everyone always drinks." Like, I'm like, "Oh my god, perfect beer!" So take us through your choices. And then we're going to, we'll consult as a group. And by a group, I mean you and me and my cat. Yeah. So my first option was the seed and it's called Poetry in Motion. It's a beer decoupage, but it's in a bottle. And I was like, I know I have heard some of your podcasts that where people crack open bottles sounds beautiful, but like also feels like a lot of pressure. And then... I have two Drownlands beers. I have a dry hop lager, just like a clean stainless. And then I have a Fooder Farmhouse Grisette. I'm really leaning towards the Grisette, to be honest. Well, I don't know if this is going to sway your opinion, but I also have the far the Grisette. <laughs> because I love that. I'm I think we should fucking both drink it. Kiss ass. But also, truly We'll get into it. But for those at home, some of my Talea friends and I visited Drownlands where Shannon works. And it's weird to be talking, looking in your eyes via this computer, but also like talking to the people that don't exist right now. <laughs> but 
But yeah. you know, inside baseball. Um, but this was one of Shannon was so fucking generous. And oh, dude, I you guys walked in and I was like, oh my god, celebrity. Oh my god, no. And it's so funny because you were like, oh my god, I'm so excited yes. to meet you. And I was like, you? Do you know who I am? And I was. We had oh, a whole moment. So but the moral is that I brought some of these beers home and I tried to be a considerate wife. Oh my god. Oh my god. Sorry, my cat. <laughs> Poor baby, are you okay? I'll explain later about how about her limp. Anyway, <laughs> I try to be a considerate wife because my husband, Alex, like he we call them Alex beers. He only likes low ABV and like loggery type things, which is great. But which is but I mean, amazing. This grisette I tried in the tap room and I brought a can, at least one can home and there was only one left in the fridge. And I was like, oh, but this is for me. So that's the reason behind. So does that mean that we're matching that we're. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think we should both, does this ever happen where you drink the same beer as your guest? This has not once happened. So a bruise with broads first. I'm so excited. And to make matters worse, I also am drinking out of a Drownlands, uh, some glass. Oh my God. Oh, it's not the exact same. Is it the same it's, one? No, this no. one's a Willie Becker and that one's like a pills glass. Becher? Becker? I have no idea. I've never heard that word before. So we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, it's glassware. You'll educate No, us. no, please. Okay, oh, great. Jesus, well, Jesus, I don't want to educate anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not. You're, you're, trust me. I know I'm ready for the knowledge bombs. Anyway, let's yeah. crack this matching beer. How cute. Okay, yeah. ready? <laughs> oh my God. I did get it on the microphone. Oh my God. What is wrong no, with me? No, that was fun. I think it's, I think it's so fun that you did that. That was really fun. No oh, one's geez. perfect. Okay. Great. Well, cheers. Let's uh, pour yeah. these matching beers into our nearly matching glassware. Um, while we're pouring them, so this is, oh my God. Oh no. This is, I am so glad. I have to take a picture of this and post it. This is the least beer clean glass. This is like a worst beer blog You're type like, of a oh, no. situation. I'm embarrassed in oh, front of mine's myself. Mine's actually very clean, so. Stu- we're working with oh. a stunningly clean glass and like the most embarrassing Wow. Okay. Well, that just goes to show you folks that even professionals have their Yeah. I didn't pour mine nearly as hard as I should have. So it's just, there's just no head on mine. Mine either. But you know, (laughs) this is so funny. Okay. Yay. Cheers. Cheers. We've gone through a lot to get here as far as spilling and deciding and cats. Yeah. Well, Mm. I already love your cat. Oh my God. She's the best. Well, Mm. speaking of the best, because you work at Drownlands. Like, tell me about this beer and why it's so fucking good and why you love it. Ugh. I mean, I don't think we have enough grisettes in the world, oh. but... Um, I agree. And so do a lot of my guests, I, past guests, I think. It's so confusing to me why it's not a more popular style because it's so similar to a Saison. And I just, am, I'm like, what's, what's better than this mixed culture grisette? Nothing really. It's like, lemony very lemony and like it's personally i'm not the biggest light. like saison i'm not a humongous saison person i don't know sometimes the funk can be a little bit much for i me. like like a really balanced saison but mm-hmm. you're right like mm-hmm. if it is like a funky really tart saison i'm just not all about it and honestly all the bartenders like will crack some like you know if we're not busy especially over the winter when we're not busy like we'll just have like all these beers that different breweries bring us and we'll just start cracking them and a lot of the people I work with are like so into these like super funky farmhouse 
sour ales and I'm like they'll open it up and they'll be like Shannon's not gonna like this and I'm like it's not that I don't respect the beer I just I like a very balanced beer I'm a I'm a Belgian person all the way like I just love these like super perfect beers we're not asking yeah for I just much, want a, just perfect I want a perfect beer I'm sorry just perfect so sorry <laughs> I will I'm very litigious well we could talk about beers themselves all yeah. day long but that's not why we're here. Obviously, we've already covered that you work at Drownlands, yeah. a delicious, incredible brewery in Warwick, New York. But I want to take it back now, y'all. Like, let's hear about your life story pre-beer. How did how did we okay, get here? Yeah, I actually grew up like two towns over from where the brewery is now, and I started working right out of high school in like the service industry. I worked mm. at a couple cafes. Uh, I managed a coffee shop for a little while. And it was like a specialty coffee shop. And I think that's really what got me into specialty craft beverages, I guess. And I did that for a while. I got a job at a brewery just for weekends. I moved to Pine Island, which is like this little farm onion town. And there was a brewery like down the road. And I knew about it, and I was like, I think it would be cool if I, I could bartend on the weekends. I went in for my interview, and, like, I was 21 at the time. Super awkward, small, little, frail person. And uh, I, I met my now boss, because he owned this previous brewery. And I had also played guitar at a restaurant for the restaurant who bought their first keg. So she was like, Shannon is super cool, funny, like you're going to love them. Started working at that brewery and I wanted like every shift. I loved it. I fell in love with like serving. I fell in love with beer. I wanted to try everything. I wanted to just like work every shift. It didn't matter if it was like a Thursday shift or a Saturday shift. Like I wanted to work. Um, And I think that my boss now and then kind of saw that like I was so like interested in craft beer and so like eager for more knowledge about it. Um, and then probably two years after that, he started to look for more of like a destination brewery. He wanted something where you kind of felt like you were part of the process where the lands are beautiful and you feel like you're part of the culture and there's like um like you sit in this tasting room and it it almost changes the way you experience the beer so he decided to look for like new places um and stumbled on this place in Warwick uh which was like very cool like originally a training school for boys I we will get into that but this is my story Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Put a pin in <laughs> yeah. that because it is a kind of yeah. a wild story. It is. It is. The history of this building is awesome, um, which I'll touch on. But uh, but yeah, then he, he found this building and I was like was super excited about it. Um, I loved the vision and he offered me the job as like a taproom manager. And so I started studying about beer. Like uh, I took my beer server and passed that and I took a couple like specialist exams I did like the like keeping and serving and the brewing and ingredients exams 
And I just like, I'm just so, now I've kind of put up also a pin in that, if you will, where I'm just like very overwhelmed by all the knowledge, but I still like love to learn about it and try new beers and experience like new things within the beer industry. But yeah, that's, that's basically how I, I got to this point with Drownlands. Very much in a nutshell, very like perfectly succinctly put. Um, so it sounds like the timeline between like you awkwardly being like, I want to work at this brewery to like becoming a taproom manager was not that many years. Yeah, I guess uh, it's been like six or seven years now. It's crazy like how I've always been super interested in beer and I've always lo- like my drink of choice has always been beer from the time I was like drinking, let's say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can we'll, legally we'll reject. You know. Any, yeah, it's, it's, it's a gray area. It's fine. Well, what, okay, so that leads me to one of my favorite questions, which is, can you identify your gateway beer, like the beer that set off the Oh, yeah, bulb? Corona, for sure. Okay, that is a first. Tell me more about that. I love Corona. I think that I love Mexican lagers specifically, but Corona is so available that that was like my gateway. Just you pop a lime in that sucker and it's the best. I mean, am I wrong? No, Mexican lagers no are the best. No, they're they're the answer, yeah. and I think that also is something that I to to make it about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my like own journey from going from like yeah being in hospitality and passionate about beer, but like not being in beer to working in a beer bar, working in a brewery, I've really realized that like we beer people like yeah we love like oh, this triple dry hopped IPA, like this like fancy thing. But when you go out with your coworkers, what are you drinking? You're drinking a high life. You're drinking a Corona. Like there's not always a need for the complex. You're not always that fancy. I mean, I walked into work, what, yesterday, maybe the day before. I'm wearing like a Modelo shirt and the head brewer is wearing like a Coors shirt. And the assistant brewer is like, oh, dude, I really want a Pacifico shirt. Like I got to find myself a Pacifico shirt. And yeah, like, we, Rep- the representation like across the Mexican yeah. lager or just like the light yeah. lager. People like definitely think spectrum. that like, oh, people in the craft industry like only drink craft beer. And it's like, no, if I go out, I'm drinking a Modelo. I totally respect that. I mean, and we don't have to – that's a total tangent. But I sometimes feel like depending on what bar you go to especially, like I don't know if I trust those draft lines. Like let me just – let me stick with a high life. Let me stick with a um, Pacifico. Like, I'm chill. You really can't unsee a lot of things. Like, once you know about, like, draft line cleaning and, like, caustic cleaning and dirty beer glasses and, like, what is a beer clean glass, you cannot unsee it. And as much as I love that I can't unsee it, I'm also, like, I miss the days where, like, I would get a dirty glass and not even know. Oh, yeah. I I posted this on the Instagram on the podcast a while ago, but my mom is so cute and will, like – send me a photo of like what she's drinking because god knows she's not the the sticker box on the instagram like it's fine it's hard to figure out but she sent me something and it was not a beer clean glass and i was like mom no you like don't drink that mom yeah, there's you, so much dust in that glass there's probably dump, oil dump in it there. out <laughs> dump it out yeah you can't you really you can't unsee or unsmell no. or untaste some of this stuff i actually recently I am the first to admit that, like, I'm not an expert and I do not 
purport to be one. And especially with like off flavors, that's a real struggle for me. I don't have training in it really. But I went, I was at a bar, not that like last mm. week and had a sip of Alex's beer. And I was like, oh, that tastes papery. That's an yeah. off flavor. And I got really excited. You're like, this is oxidized. Someone come over here. Your beer is off. Emergency. <laughs> Emergency. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Yes. It's, it's the blessing and the curse of what we do. Um, I'm really interested to know, was it an easy transition to kind of start managing and like be in charge of people for lack of a better term? Or what was that like for you? I think that because of my other experiences. So the first job I ever worked was a cafe and I worked with like these awesome, like some were really young, some were really old women, but like not really old women. They're going to hear this and they're going to be like, <laughs> we're not, they're going to know they're the older one. They're like 40. They're not old we're at like all. Yeah. <laughs> no, they weren't old. More they were people old. with more experience. Yes, and, it, and it opened my eyes to like, what really makes a business. And I think what really mm. makes a business is a team, um, like a group of people that work together. I think as much as your product can be amazing and your place can be beautiful, I think that your experience in a place is, is mainly based off of the employees and your, and your, what is the word I'm looking for? Your like dynamic with yeah, them, yeah, your relationship, like, how, how you care for them. Exactly. So I think like for me, that taught me a lot. And then I'm, I managed a coffee shop, which helped. Um, it was not nearly this. I, I had one coworker who actually works for me now here, um, which is so cool. He's awesome. He's like working in the brewery and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's definitely different. I have a lot more on my plate than I ever have, but I love it. I feel like certain people have the personality to be a manager because I don't think that if it goes to your head, I think you're an awful manager. I just think like, for me, I am on the same playing field as all of the bartenders. Like we are a team. I feel like I'm like taking care of them most of the time. If there's a problem in the brewery, like I feel like a mom, I'm like just searching to like yell at someone. But yeah, I would say honestly, the toughest part is COVID restrictions was the hardest part of like being a manager this year. It was disheartening to say the least. Talk to me about the timeline of, like, when did y'all open? Did you, you didn't open during COVID, did you? I love you? that you just no. said y'all, by the way. But yes, <laughs> we did. We opened. So, I mean, it's kind of confusing. We, we started brewing in, like, November of 2020. Uh, so I was, like, here doing, like, little things. Um, I actually, like, tiled the bathrooms here. Wow. Yeah, many jobs I had here. But uh, I mean, so if you you in podcast land, if you ever when you make it to drown lands, please admire Shannon's handiwork. Please, yeah. In the look bathrooms. at look at the don't look under the sink in one of the bathrooms because it's not the great greatest <laughs> job. Oh, okay, that's well, that's yeah. usually my practice in the bathroom, but now I won't <laughs> yeah. do that. Thank you. Um, but all the other bathrooms look incredible, so yeah, definitely take amazing, a look amazing. at that. Um, yeah, so our timeline, I guess, was so we so we started brewing in November. We had our first mm -hmm. can release February of 2020 and cool. big party. Everyone like <laughs> packed into like, we have like a canning room off of our brewery, which you've been to. So you kind of can get like the gist of what that looks like. But we have like a little canning line in there and we had like, I had a little table set up. We were selling cans. I think we had like 
a double IPA that we brewed in collaboration with District 96. We had like a Saison and we had, oh, our Belgian wit beer, Gatherhouse, which was, I mean, one of my favorite beers. Uh, and then we planned on doing like another one. I think it was like February 17th. And we were like, we're going to do another one March 17th. And then that was like, no. COVID said, no, thank you. So we put that off. Then we had another one in April, which was just like me sitting outside under a tent with a table. And like, I think we did like pre-orders for that one. And I think we, I mean, for our, for our second can release, I think we sold like 60 cases, which was really great for us. We were like super excited about it for one day to sell 60 cases. We, we tried to do one every Saturday. So we did one every Saturday. And then, uh, I mean, if you guys follow Drownlands on anything, you know, we pump out beers. You really do. We're releasing like two a week. But you have a pretty big, when we start to discuss like systems and brew houses and stuff, like I get in over my head real quick. But from what it's big, it's pretty big, no? I mean, we have a 15 barrel brew house. So it's not yeah. enormous, but we have like. No seven fooders um and a lot of those beers like age for a couple months so it's just crazy how right. much how how fast we put out these beers i mean yeah Agreed. travis our head brewer is like just like killing it and all the beers in my opinion are incredible i was just gonna say they all happen to be delicious so like that's convenient but yeah so you've been basically more your whole Drownlands career has been during COVID. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't finish either. At the end of August, we did like two soft openings. So we did like tickets. I think we sold like uh-huh. 75 tickets for each day. Um, and then we just like capped it at that because we were kind of nervous. Like, how do we run a bar of this proportion in a time where like you, it would look, not only are we concerned about the public, but like it would look awful for us if we were like, yeah come on in. Like we're having a grand opening, like peak COVID. So, so we did that. And then Labor Day, we like fully opened, um, obviously, but still like distance and like capacity laws were still going on then. And the mask laws were a lot tougher then. But, uh, but yeah, we, we were pretty much just fully open in September and managing people, I think that New York City is a a little bit different and a little more maybe like respectful of those laws where like Warwick, New York is more like farmland. These people don't really want to wear masks at a certain point. And uh, it just, you know, it just became like a lot. It was just like a lot at a certain point. And I felt like every day people were coming in and just like they didn't know the laws or they didn't care about them. But it was really tough, honestly disheartening to say the least about like how I felt towards the um, the end of the day on a Saturday I was just like exhausted from yelling at people yeah I think disheartening is the perfect word especially as <laughs> I used to work for a very famous corporate restaurant group they used to use the term hospitalitarian which makes me absolutely want to die but yet it's in my vocabulary so anyway as a hospitality as someone who like is passionate as you clearly are about taking care of people and you want everyone to have a good time Exactly. You're, we're not here to enforce rules as much as I love rules. Like that's not why you do what you do. So to basically have to babysit your guests and like reprimand them and all at the cost, kind of as you were alluding to as the feeling like a mom of your employees, like to keep your employees safe above all else. 
to have to like babysit your guests feels like shit. Yeah. I mean, it was just so tough because it's like you want people to feel happy and feel comfortable. But like at the same time, it's like we have a very simple rule. It's like you want to drink, which is not I'm not making the laws. I didn't make these laws. They're just the laws. So like, I'm sorry that like you don't like wearing a mask. Um, Like I don't either. It's the worst. I'm wearing it for nine hours straight. More than that. 11 hours straight. If I work from 11 to 10, like if you want to take your mask off, you you literally just have to sit down. Right. Or like go outside into the beautiful, expansive Mm -hmm. yard, which we will get to. But I want to ask you, you mentioned before that, you know, you kind of, there's a lot on your plate and it sounds like you do a lot. Is there, are you involved in brewing? I know when we spoke, when we first met, you talked about working the canning line. Like, talk to me about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any hands in brewing. Um, I am just not knowledgeable on that end. And and to be honest, I don't, I, I mean, I guess I have enough, like, I have an interest in like, I would love to homebrew some stuff. But I don't think that I have, like, a huge interest in ever, like, wanting to be, like, a brewer. For me, uh, I love, like, tasting room. I love education. I love talking about beer. But, like, for me, the brewing is not so much something that interests me so much. But I do love canning. Like, I love canning. We hang out. We sit on the canning line. We drink beers. Like, for me, that's really fun. And I do love that. But, uh, But not so much the brewing. I'm more, like, at this point, my job is so... I think in the beginning I was doing a lot of like hands-on like fun stuff, you know, but but now we're we're so busy that it's for me it's mostly like talking to distributors, working on like, you know, like our UPC codes, stuff like stuff like that. Um I do like scheduling all the bartenders, I help with payroll. It's very mm-hmm. businessy at this point. Um you're you're a business I'm person. A business you know person. what's funny is as someone who deals with a lot of UPC codes in one of my jobs, I've literally never thought about the fact that there is a person on the other end. Oh yeah, there's like typing it all into VIP. It's a very niche. Some people will be like, Oh yeah, VIP. Yeah. This is super super this is like inside inside baseball. I didn't realize you deal you dealt with distribution as well. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I'm like some sort of like guru in distribution, but like I talk to our distributors, I deal with our VIP, I like make sure they have all the information, they get the descriptions on the beers, things like that. Uh, they know how many like how many sixtals are getting or how many half tags are getting. Stuff it's just like it's simple stuff, but it's like stuff that takes up my day, you know? Yeah, that takes up a lot of time. I deeply identify with what you said about not like having any interest in brewing and like I want to normalize that I don't know I think again that's kind of as we've all I've, everyone's heard that's the reason this podcast exists because I was like oh I want to work in beer but I don't I'm not I can't I'm not gonna brew I, that's not for me but like what else is there and I think that's okay for sure I think that a lot of people are like shocked and they're like but you would be such a good brewer I'm like I'm based on what knowledge would I yeah. What, what am I going to do down there? I have an interest in like tasting and like describing beers. And I love like brewery culture. And I love like sitting and like talking to someone about beer. Or like someone comes up to me and they're like, you know, you recommended this beer. And that's the first beer I've like really loved. I feel like people have a tough time. I want something really dry, but also fruity, you know? And it's like. <sighs> right. It's that like mind reading guessing game that becomes a really fun challenge. I love it. 
and I think that yeah I don't have any interest in in brewing per se but like I do have a love for beer and I love being part of this industry and uh yeah I think we should normalize like respecting people who aren't just not that I don't have mad respect for brewers but like of course there's another there's like a whole other part of like what keeps a brewery running and it's not just making the beer you know I just like have like dreams about like bottle shops and I'm like oh wouldn't it be cute to like have a bottle shop and and teach classes and talk about beer thank you for reminding me of that because when we met at drowned lands you told me about this bot. Tell me more about the bottle shop dream. Tell the listeners more about the okay. bottle shop I just dream. have this dream that one day I'll open up like a cute little bottle shop. No one better steal my idea, by the way, because I will kill you. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it like looks like a library where like there's just there's just like tons of like high shelves of like bottles. You come in, you take classes, you do little flights. Like it's a cute little you could go on a date there or you could go with your friends and you, you could sit at the bar if you want. But like we do offer, it's more of like a, an experience, which is what my dream is, but we'll, we'll see. You know, that could be like 40 years in the future. Yeah. And then you would really be one of those really old. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then people would be like, there's this really old person that I work for. And uh, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm 35. <laughs> well, I do want to talk about education too, because I'm curious to know about in how that plays into your job, both formally and informally, like as far as your staff. Is there a role that you play in educating them? Like do people come to you as bartenders with varying degrees of knowledge? What does that look yeah, like? Yeah, I mean, for me, I like to be as available to the bartenders as possible so that they feel like they can come to me and ask questions about the menu. I want them to be able to describe the beer just as well as I can. You know, I don't want them to feel like, oh, I don't really know what to recommend, or I don't really know how to describe that beer. Uh, I've never tried it. So I really try to like encourage everyone to like taste the beer when they come in. Once we release a new beer, talk about the beer. Uh, If you have questions about it, like ask. If someone asks you like, I like something that's light and dry, but like also fruity and you don't know what to recommend like I like you being like you know what let me find someone who might be able to help you more like and most of the bartenders will like sit there and and listen to me describe it and then they never ask me that question ever again because they know exactly what to recommend they know because it is such a weird thing to describe to someone and it's so hard to like know what someone wants when they're like I like something sweet but I hate IPAs and it's like maybe you don't hate IPAs you might not hate IPAs. You might actually love a sour IPA. Like you've had Harvest Kill and it's just like this juicy, sweet, I think it's a gateway beer. Yeah. It's nothing like an IPA that I think people who identify as hating IPAs, quote unquote, like it's nothing like what they would think. No, I think they're thinking like these like West Coast really bitter IPAs and they don't really know so much what, and and not to say that it's like these old people, but like you know, I, New England IPAs didn't really exist. So they don't know that like an IPA can be like sweet and fruity and juicy and like tastes like pineapple. So I think it's like really important to, to be patient with people and describe it in a non-condescending way. Because I think that if you start off in a condescending tone where they're like, no, like IPAs aren't always bitter. And it's like, yeah, but they don't know that. And they don't want to be talked to like they're an idiot. They just don't know. So yeah, I think I I try to keep that like conversation open with my bartenders where like 
I want them to feel like they can describe the beer well and make them more comfortable at work. I love that. It's about not only empowering your bartenders to communicate their knowledge and to say they don't know when they don't know, thereby helping them to empower your guests. Yeah. Normalize saying you don't know. I have a big problem with that um, because I really hate when like specifically men try to describe something to you and they don't know what they're talking about, but they just keep describing it. It's like, it's okay if you you don't know the answer to that question. Right. And they're, you, they kind of like continue to dig the hole and dig yeah, the hole. Yeah. And I'm like, I, you don't know what you're talking about and it's so apparent, but you just keep talking. And I would rather you just be like, I actually don't know. Cause then I'm like, wow, I have so much respect for you for saying that you, you don't know the answer to that. And let's learn together. I don't always know the answer, but like, I'm here to like, look it up. Like one guy was like, what's the difference between a lager and a pilsner? And I was like, you know what? Like, I know that a pilsner is a lager, but I know that a lager is not always a pilsner. So like, I will look that up for you. And like, we learned together and it was fine. And I appreciated him asking me and not being like, I don't drink lagers, I only drink pilsners. Say you don't know, and then, then we could just have this journey together. I love that. I mean, I'm on the exact same page. And I think particularly, I'll just speak for myself, not for anybody else. That like as a woman on the service side of beer, it's very easy for me to get like defensive about, you know, if someone asks me that kind of a question or comes at me in that kind of way, it's so easy for me to be like, get up on my high horse. Like, well, actually, you know, as like sort of a um, defense mechanism in a way. And I think that what you're expressing is obviously much more humble. And a way to get somebody on your side when maybe they're like, who is this person like trying to tell me about beer and trying to educate me? It's testing at times, but I have a ton of patience. So like I'm not easily bothered by things. I just wish that people would be more comfortable being like, I don't know the answer. Because like, that's fine. Even if you're a, even if you're a brewer and you're like, oh, I don't know the answer to that. That's okay. Because like now we're just going to learn and like now you'll know. And then you never have to ask again. Or you will ask again and like, we'll still talk about it because you're never done learning shit, especially with all of the new, like you said, the new England IPA is what? Like, I think I learned from one of my guests. Yeah. I remember, I, I remember named, this podcast. Yeah. Um, Some weird podcast I listened to that like, yeah, it's like still not it, part it of the ACP. It's, like, yeah, it's not even, right. it's not even a part right. of it yet. And I'm like, that, that blew my mind. It was like, I did not know Same. that. How is, how is a new England IPA not part of BJCP now? Right, because it's so ubiquitous. And yeah, like, it's like that's, that's literally what, what anyone – no one is brewing anything other than that, like, at a lot of breweries. Right. And it's like – Except except I'm drinking a delicious grisette right, right now. You're right. But we still we still brew those New England <laughs> no. IPAs. You do, and I'm sure they sell incredibly exactly. well. I want to keep talking about you, but you did tease it, and we did, quote, unquote, pin it. So tell us the story of – first of all, Drownlands, what is that – me. Okay, so I get this question very often. Uh, so, so this area of land was underwater, which is why, like, I, I think I mentioned before that I like moved to Pine Island. It's called Pine Island because it's was an island. It was underwater. Which Warwick is part of that area, so it all has like really rich soil um, because it was underwater for so long, and then they drained it, uh, and now the dirt is just like black. So you may have heard like black dirt Warwick. Um, the soil is just like super rich. Um, and, and that's, that's basically why it's called the Drownlands. So that's where we got the name. There's also a historical library, I want to say, 
that that could be totally wrong, but it's called Dreadlands as well. Um, I think we're the only two with that name. So this building was actually originally a school for boys. Eleanor Roosevelt had something to do with it. She was like super passionate about it. She wanted like young men in the city who had like really rough growings and maybe trauma to be able to remove themselves from, from the city, uh, come to this school, learn how to like farm and fish and, um, you know, do like woodworking. Uh, so that was why this whole park, which is like a, there's like a 7,000 acre park or something, 700, 700 acres. <laughs> Truly, I'm, I, I don't believe know. it's 700 acres. The whole park. Well, seven, yeah. 7,000 does sound 7,000 seems too big. <laughs> yeah. um, listen, I don't, I barely know like how long a foot is or a yard. What's a yard? So you got Okay, me. so I'm pretty sure it's 700 acres, but like the whole park itself is 700 acres. Um, it's on the way, way on to kill. Oh. Yeah, kills are basically bodies of water. Uh, yeah, they, they, they built this huge park. Um, it was opened for. I mean, I think it opened in like, I think they started building in like the 19, like 1914 and the park opened in 1930 for the school. But before that, it was like a rehab almost during prohibition, I believe, for like men with like alcohol issues, which is interesting because we serve alcohol and this, yeah. these were once like, it was very briefly like for rehab, like alcohol rehab. And then, wow. And then they turned it into the school, and that was open till the seventies. Uh, and then the government was just kind of like, "No, we don't want to pay for this anymore." Um, yeah. Shocking. But uh, and then it turned into a correctional facility, so it was like basically a prison uh, up until like two thousand eleven, oh I believe. Yeah. So it was a prison for a long time. This building specifically was. Sorry, you don't know where I am. Drownland specifically building was um, a administration building when it was the when it right. was the correctional facility and then when it was the school it was just like classrooms and yeah it looks it looked much different then than it does now i was actually yes. just looking at pictures like a little while ago and i was like i can't even i can't even picture it anymore but that is the story of of how this building it's been here like over 100 years i mean for those of you in podcast land that sounds really cheesy to say but in the if if you're looking for a brewery trip I would put drown lands at the top of the list because it is I'm not just like blowing smoke up your ass it is beautiful the outside the inside like and I'm always here I'm so fun and cool <laughs> it's true well okay so now let's talk about that you are always there do you struggle with like a work-life balance or I mean it sounds like you're very passionate to be there I but I you know I, I'm I'm so excited about like being here and working I don't mm -hmm. I mean I take off Mondays I always take my Mondays so so I do get a day off um and then Tuesday Wednesday it's more like getting ready so like I set up the menu and stuff you know it's like it's it's not the week for me Tuesday Wednesday is not like super bad like I'm just sitting in this beautiful tasting room occasionally drinking beer and like working on our menu and our scheduling and like doing payroll. So it's not too bad. And then like I'll occasionally like wipe down a bar. I'll clean a little bit. I'll do a little sweeping. Do some tile retiling if necessary, some caulking perhaps. I don't feel like, I also like if we're not busy, I'll be like, hey guys, like I'm going to go. And our bartenders are amazing. And they're like, yeah, like you deserve, 
we, we deserve it. you deserve time off like go have fun and they are all just like I mean super trustworthy and I'm very lucky to have every single bartender that works here they're the coolest I think that's also a a testament to you as a manager like I've had a lot of managers in my time and the ones that that respect you and treat you well are the people that you want to please and that you want to take their days off you know what I mean like a hundred percent I think that I have so much respect for them and I value their time and I value like I don't make the schedule and I'm like if you can't make this schedule like I'm gonna be mad no it's like hey like we'll figure if like you have something that comes up and like you can't work I know that it's for an important reason I know you're not like you're not like I'm sick (laughs) (laughs) boo you whore exactly thank you I I finished it in my head but I appreciate you saying it only mean girl references only no so like I have a ton of respect for them and like I know that they love coming to work and if they can't come to work like we will figure it out like every single person that I work with like I love they're the best I feel so lucky is that sappy I'm so in love (laughs) no I mean I'm a sappy bitch so sign me up for that I think the moral of this the moral of the story is that I'm leaving Brooklyn I'm moving to Warwick yeah I'm and gonna come, come I gotta come, come work at Drownlands I'll take care of you <laughs> or just live yeah. there I don't know oh, yeah. either one this is like an absolute it's more than a left turn it's like a I don't know on my like little notes here I always have the note to ask people about their like mansplaining stories and you kind of already touched on uh, that yeah I mean I have a million but I think specifically for your podcast I have thought about many. I do remember I had a regular at the last brewery that I worked at. And he, so, so I worked like every Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And he came in Mm -hmm. on a Thursday and he was like, did you see that Shannon cut their hair short? He definitely, he definitely didn't say there, but he was like, did you see that she cut her hair short? Like she did that so that men wouldn't hit on her at the bar anymore. And so an, another customer heard this and like I was super close with her and she told me like later and I was just like, I don't even know. I want to scream, but also like that's hysterical that you think that I cut my hair off because I didn't want men to hit on me. I was so desperate to not have men hit on me mm-hmm. that I cut all my hair off. So that's just right. one of my worry stories. I also have just tons of other ones, but uh well, that actually does bring me to, you know, we're talking, this episode's coming out during Pride. And I think that not only, obviously we talk a lot on this podcast about like representation of women in our industry, but as a queer person in our industry, even down to like your pronouns that you yeah. use, communicating that it feels like something, it's something so small that someone can respect about you. Yeah. Tell me like, has that been a struggle, not only with guests, but like co-workers because as we know but as has been coming out in the recent month or so like behind the scenes isn't really a safe place either for me I've only started telling people my pronouns in the last like maybe two or three months so for me like I have already dealt with like a coming out once and I and it's I mean I know we're living in 2021 but like it's still not easy it was not easy then and like that was in like 2016 when I came out. I'm not coming out again. So like my girlfriend works here at the bar and like she always uses my pronouns. Like three of the 
bartenders always use my pronouns, but I don't think that everyone has really caught on yet. So like, I still get called she, her all the time, which is like, I'm, I mean, I am not like the kind of person that's going to get offended, which like totally respect you. If like you get offended, like if you've told everyone and like, they're still not using them, that's annoying. But for me, it's like, you know, I, if you use them, you use them. And if you don't, it's, it's okay. It just makes me happier when mm-hmm. people do use them. But I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't ever expect customers to, to try and care, especially like where we are just like upstate New York is just not like, you know, they're, they're going to be like, leave them. I don't know how to, they're, you know, people are just so strange and like, they get so like weird about it that I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to come out to you as they, them. Like, those are my pronouns. And if you use them, you use them. I mean, you also don't owe these fucking strangers, yeah. like, a coming out. Exactly. I just, like, So that's a great point. It's just, like, if it yeah. happens, it happens. If you hear someone else using it and, like, you use the right ones, like, I'm probably going to give you, like, more praise than you actually deserve. But, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like <laughs> – And, I mean, we could talk about I don't want to pat you on the back every time you use the right pronouns, you know. It's just, like – I right. think a lot of That's people do, definitely not do expect that. They're like, they give me like a wink and I'm like, yep, okay. Oof. I'm like, amazing. Oh, Good man. job. So proud of you. Good, way to go. Way to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's tough. But. It's clear that you have a very, in general, like a very generous spirit and you're extending generosity to people in that way that like maybe they don't deserve but I get what you're saying that like you don't need to that's not a battle you need to fight and or that you feel like fighting. no not at all I'm coming out the first time was like extremely painful for me I like came out to one of my friends in a McDonald's parking lot and she thought I had cancer because I was like hysterically crying she was like do you have cancer and then she like was like is my sister pregnant and I was like what <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know your sister that well. I don't know if she's pregnant. She might be. Do you need to call her? Do we need to pause this coming out for you to call your sister? Like, uh, oh my god, incredible! But yeah, no, it's it's fine. I people will find out what my pronouns are in their own time, and like for me, it's not. I don't. I'm not coming out to people. They they find out and they find out, and if they use the right ones, thanks with a period. Yeah, <laughs> no exclamation yeah. point. It's just like no, thanks. not even yeah. not certainly not two. No. Just one Just period. one single period. Like, thanks, period. And no A in either it. Honestly, I think we could implement more thanks periods yeah. in our lives, at least personally. Okay, so kind of on that topic, talking about, like, tokenization. I always ask everyone, you know, like, do you ever get – I don't, and I don't know if maybe you don't get asked about this a lot, but, like, the idea of, like – I can never think of a, a more eloquent way to say this, but what I really – feel this podcast is for is non-men in beer. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's how I take your podcast when I listen to right. it. Right. It's just sorry dudes. Yeah. But like, do you ever get tired of talking about that or feel like it's like and I don't I mean it sounds like you love your current employers a lot. Yeah, I do. But do you ever feel like there's like a neon arrow pointing to you? I I don't I don't feel like I was hired because of that I don't I don't I feel like my boss really respects my knowledge and my like drive to be here and how much I love beer I would say that sometimes when I visit breweries like with my whole team like I do often feel like they're like oh we're gonna pay extra we're gonna make extra eye contact with you because you're a woman here and we respect that 
so that makes me feel weird. Or like sometimes like they won't even shake my hand. They'll shake like I work with like all like tall white men and like I feel like they'll shake everyone's hand but like they'll just kind of like glance at me and be like who's this small little lesbian over here (laughs) (laughs) who brought brought that who brought this little guy um (laughs) so like in that way I think sometimes that gets frustrating for me but I as I said like Uh I do have a lot of patience it's very hard to bother me it's really tough I just I have like this obnoxious positivity but yeah, I, I guess like occasionally I do see like this. Either I get ignored or it's like, oh, we're making direct eye contact with you. Can you tell that we're making direct, we're, to- we're talking directly to you. And I often feel like it's just because they're like, right after like Brienne's whole Instagram blew up with like these stories, like R- Rat Magnet blew up. And it was like right after that, that I went to visit all these breweries. And I just felt like it kept coming up in conversation, but no one was really like, directing it at me which I was like I would be like the only like non-male in the group and I was just like this is so interesting that no one is directing how I feel about it right but it's just more like they're and they're all like yeah like totally like we support women but it's like well why are you guys all talking you know I think I think it's really important that men just should like shut up right now (laughs) like I hate to be like a little harsh but like I think that men need to like shut up because I think that they will like realize that they're constantly they constantly have their hands in everything and sometimes you just need to listen like whether or not you you think every story is correct or you think every story is like exactly how it played out it it doesn't really matter it's like I would say probably 95% of these stories are very, very true. And that is just not surprising, but like shocking. I mean, to me, it feels exactly like on a a different scale, but like last summer with everything happening with George Floyd's murder and just like the racial reckoning our country went through, white people just being like, oh my God, what do we do? I'm so sorry. I'm listening and learning and I'm still talking and I'm still talking. It's like, maybe, what can I do? T- maybe take a seat yeah. and maybe like let other people speak. Yeah. It's the same to me. It feels very analogous. Yeah. So that's, I think that's a great point, yeah, but I, I agree that like, I, yeah, I, I, I was just thinking about like this the other day and you know, it often feels exhausting trying to like describe your challenges or like your experiences but it's also like, it's also exhausting because people just talk over you. And I think that's, a, I mean, that's a big thing with like, yeah, the whole George Floyd and like all of all of these like awful things that happened this last, I mean, that are always, constantly happening, still right, happening. exactly. But it's like, I mean, women don't want to have to, and, 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 and black people also like don't want to have to be like, yeah, like this is what you can do. Like, we don't want to tell you what you have to do to make it better. Like mm-hmm. they don't. At this point, they're probably so exhausted from all of this that they don't, they're trying to take care of themselves. They're probably going through a lot emotionally dealing with all of this that like, they don't want to tell you what you should be doing in order to be better. Do the research and figure it out. Exactly. And I think it's been really, well, first of all, to your point about like the shock, I think the thing that was most shocking to me was the volume of stories and the parallels between them all, particularly about like the same breweries or the same people. Like it shouldn't have been shocking, but the consistency across was like, oh, this is 
pervasive. But I think the thing that has been really interesting since, you know, we were like a month out of Brienne, Rat Magnet, her like that explosion is what is different breweries and different individuals responses. Exactly to your point of people like, I don't know, did people, did you get people reaching out to you saying like, what can I do? I didn't, but I'm curious. No, I did have people I work with. Hey, like, did I ever make you feel uncomfortable? Like, which honestly I respected. I don't work with anyone who is like a a shithead. Although it's so sad, I'm glad the conversation was started. And I hope that it doesn't like just die out like a fad, you know? Yeah. Is there something you think that like either you specifically at Drownlands want to be doing or you think in general like people should be doing moving forward? I know that's like a big question. Shannon, solve this for us. (laughs) Solve solve this. I think that it's just like try to be really aware of like what you say and what you do and it's not hard to not sexually abuse people. It's not hard to not say inappropriate things to people at work. You know, like I I feel like I've heard not from here, but like, I have heard people say like, oh, you have to, we have to be so careful what we say now. And it's like, were you not being careful of what you were saying before? Or like, do you have these thoughts that just fall out of your mouth and you just like say these like really inappropriate, like awful things to women? Because that's also pretty problematic. Right. Like, let's look at that before we look at like, I have to censor myself. Like, what are you censoring yourself from? Yeah. It's so, it's so weird and very interesting. I mean, I don't want to end it on that note, but I think, (laughs) I think that. I want my Spitfire questions. Oh, I know. I know. You're looking forward to it. No, but I, I appreciate you saying that. And I think that it starts like individually, right? Like checking yourself, checking if you think something insanely inappropriate, like rather than just blurting out like, well, where's that coming from? And why am I thinking and saying that? And kind of just, you know, it just always makes me think of like, I've never worked in a corporate environment, like, you know, office job environment. So I don't really know what goes down there. But I know that like in hospitality, certain things just because of the culture and the hours and the environment, like certain things are quote unquote, okay to say and do. And so it's, to me, it's a matter of looking at that and saying like, why have we accepted this as the norm? I mean, it's like this like bro culture that just like, isn't going to fly anymore because there is a lot of women that work in this industry. And like, Mm -hmm. I think it's really unfair to make those people who work so hard, so uncomfortable. And, and a lot of people have left this industry. I mean, from, from stories I've read, they've, they've literally left the industry because of things that have happened. And it's, I mean, it's like so sad. That is one of the more heartbreaking parts to me too. Well, you know, in, in that we kind of touched on like a lot of, maybe not the biggest change that you want to see in the beer world just now, but like, those are some big changes we want to see, right? Yeah. I mean, I just think that people should, and when I say people, I mean men should listen and, and just try to, I mean, not, not everyone cares about your opinion on the matter. You know, even if it's, if, even if it is like, Hey, listen, like, this is crazy. Like I can't, I don't care about men's opinions on the, on the matter. Cause I'm like, I'm sure at some point in your life, you were part of the problem. And that, that can be one of the hardest parts for a lot of men, especially like, listen, we, 
as you've said, we work with and know, yeah, like I'm married to one, like a lot of like great, wonderful men. But the reality is, even if you're a great, wonderful person, the two can exist in tandem. You can still be even complicitly part of the problem. And it's about like not judging that and not like punishing or canceling you for that, but like realizing it. Yeah. What I said about, I mean, you were probably part of, no, I don't think, I think that there's a lot of wonderful men out there. I just think that like, they're not experiencing it the same way. And so like their opinion on the matter isn't always really necessary because it's just like, oh, your opinion doesn't really matter. It's happening and it exists. And like, if you want to speak up like while it's happening and you see something happening and you're speaking up, perfect. But if you're not, you are part of the problem. Right. If it's not part of your lived experience, then it's not necessarily your place to comment on it. Period. Thanks. What are you most <laughs> excited about in the beer world right now? Wow. What am I most excited about? I I think I'm most excited right now specifically now that things have opened up i think i'm i'm really excited for like more events and like like having people like standing up and walking around and drinking a beer i think like that's super exciting um i think it's gonna be nice i mean we have so much space here i'm just excited to see like how many people come here to hang out like on a nice summer day. Like I, I just miss that. I miss people sitting at the bar. I miss chatting with people. So I think like right now, I know that's not really like the coolest answer, but I'm just like really excited to like talk to people at the bar. I guess mine's more COVID related. Like I'm excited for things to like open up a little bit and like people are going to go out and like there's going to be like parties and events. And I'm really excited for that. Speaking of, are there any events coming up that you want? to plug specifically no we don't have any like set dates but we have just started like working on like an event calendar where we're gonna do like more live music more like like different food trucks or like a food truck festival and like possibly doing like beer tastings and possibly doing like cool little festivals here so I'm really excited for us to finish that and like release like hard dates for it but right now we have nothing like Mm -hmm. hard set on a date but we have like so many things in the works right now that I'm really excited for and I I think that like everyone will hear about them once once we start releasing those we will push it great we will stay tuned yeah and we're gonna wrap up you've been as you are with many things generous with your time but I just want to ping speaking of live music Shannon is an amazing musician. I did stalk them on their Instagram. And all I'm going to say is the cover of Grow As We Go. Oh, my twin sister. By Ben Platt. Yes. I was like really on a deep dive and I was like, oh, oh my God. You start crying. So like fully, I love that song. But I wanted to ask you about your music and we just ran out of time. So that'll be a um, maybe, I don't know. Would you ever play live music at, at the brewery? I mean, we'll see. Maybe we'll do like a special like <laughs> tap room manager performs live. Oh my god, yes. A staff cabaret starring oh, yeah. you. Well, you should come sure you should come you sing. Want. Great. We'll do <laughs> we'll do a little music one maybe. Done. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll put it on the books. Everybody stay tuned for Drownlands the musical, accompanied and sung har- low harmonized by Shannon. Yeah. And Hannah. Yeah. Well. Thank you for being there and here and for sharing your time with me. I've really had the best time. No, I'm so you know excited. what time it is. I feel is. like I won 
like some sort of raffle and it's like a listener gets to be on the podcast. <laughs> a walk on roll. Exactly. Um, well, <laughs> Shannon, thanks for being here. You know what time it is. It's quick fire time. Okay. I can't wait. What is the most overrated beer style? I think that really lactose fruited sour IPAs, to be honest. I know people love them. I And I think that they can be like gateway beers, but I am just over them. It's too many adjuncts. Cake or pie? Ice cream cake or apple pie? Wow, this is a first for ice cream cake. So for but me, I... I just like kind of hate pie except for apple pie, and I hate cake except for ice cream cake. So really neither or both. Neither except for those exact things we listen <laughs> exactly. to. Exactly. We love specificity. Yeah. Okay, what is the most underrated beer style? Ooh, grisette. Yes. Yes, a grisette. Grisette. Drink outcrop. I think it's the best beer. I'm just absolutely I'm a fangirl to. over outcrop. Me too. That's why we're matching. Yep. What what do your friends come to you for? Hmm. I think maybe for comfort. Hmm. I think that I am a very comforting person. I wouldn't say that they come to me for advice per se because I don't know if I give the best, best advice, but I am very comforting. A hug. I'm a big hugger. So probably mm. that. I would say a hug. Even through this computer screen, I feel comforted. So yeah. I think you're right on the money with that. You touched on this too, but what's your favorite thing you've ever overheard behind the bar? I think I think probably my favorite thing is like when people tell a bartender, like, I really loved that beer that you recommended to me. I think that's my favorite thing. I love that. Once again, that is meant to be a snarky ass question and you made it nice. Okay. <laughs> What is the last show that you binged and loved? I binged so many shows. Okay, Feel Good, number one. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's so good. It's on Netflix. It's called Feel Good. It's called Feel Good. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's so good. Please look it up later. Um, also, like, Great. Married at First Sight. Me and my girlfriend <laughs> love Married at First Sight. And, I, and we, like, will st- accidentally stay up to, like, 2 o'clock in the morning watching this. I'm like, this is sad. This is not a, the show that I want to be binging. And Handmaid's Tale. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm literally, I'm going to hang up from this call and go. Please do. I'm like three episodes behind. So catch up. I'm ready to just like sob. Yeah. (laughs) What is your desert island beer? See, this is the question that I have been sitting on because I do, I am a fangirl over your podcast. So I know what questions you're going to ask me. Yeah. My desert island beer, I think. Okay, so I was talking about it with the brewer, and I was like, I think it would be Corona or Modelo. And he was like, oh, please, please say Modelo. Don't say Corona. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but, like, only if there's, like, a lime true. tree on this desert. Like, if there's a lime tree, then, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, right. it's, it's going to be Modelo. I think I like Modelo more, but Corona has more of, like, a nostalgia for me. I live for a specific answer, and – Corona, if there is a lime tree on the island on which you're trapped, is the answer that I love. Okay. Thank then you. that's the answer. Speaking yeah. of this island with a lime tree, what if you could go anywhere in the world? If you get on a plane right now and go anywhere, where is it? You know what? I went to Ireland once and I loved it. And I don't want to say that I want to go back to a place I've already been because there's so many places in the world. Maybe Belgium. Maybe France. I don't know. Netherlands. I'm going to say the Netherlands. I've been wanting to go there too. Yeah. I've never or been. Or like Iceland. Okay. Whoa. That's a big trip. You're asking too many tough questions. I don't remember you asking anyone else this question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never, studied before time. this. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god. Well, it's gonna be a whirlwind trip. You're gonna go a lot. Iceland, the Netherlands, Belgium, yeah, and Ireland. So pack a jacket. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did just take the last sip of my beer because I'm dumb and forgot that I'm going to ask you this next question. But Shannon Willis, this has been an absolute pleasure, dream, magical time. Will you take us out with a toast? I would love to. And you know what? I will say cheers to beers and 12 more years. That's that's my friends always say that. I don't know what it means, but 12 more years. It's like if you're always toasting 12 more years, you're always getting more 12 more years. Absolutely. And it rhymes. I see nothing wrong with and it. And there's beer in there? Yeah. Cheers to beers in 12 more years. Amen. Cheers. Thanks. Yay. Thank you. See what I mean? Pure warmth. I am so grateful that Shannon took the time in the middle of their workday to talk to me. I'm also grateful to them for being so open about their experiences in our industry and truly struck by their grace as it relates to people respecting their pronouns. Frankly, I'm not sure everyone deserves such grace, but damn if Shannon isn't absolutely practicing self-care by not owing a second coming out to anyone. Though I would actually be so embarrassed to force an evening of show tunes upon the Drownlands Brewery patrons, do stay tuned to the Drownlands Instagram at Drownlands Brewery for upcoming live events as they get those nailed down. I am such a Drownlands fangirl, maybe we could carpool. Seriously, this interview was maybe one of the most fun ones I've ever had, and we have a lot of fun over here. I'm so thankful to Shannon for their, quote, obnoxious positivity, as they put it, and I feel lucky to have been in the presence of it, both in person and virtually. As always, thank you to Megan Bagala for our groovy music and to Sabrina Rain at the Hoppiest Shop for our graphic. Thank you for listening, beer friends, and if you feel so inclined, go ahead and leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this. I don't know. The internet is an endless hole. I will be back in two weeks with another conversation with an incredible badass from our industry. In the meantime, I will see you on the gram. Bye.